It's Tuesday, September the 22nd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, fears of a second wave and sliding shares. First, the world in brief. Fears of a second wave of COVID-19 ricocheted across the globe. The British government's chief scientific advisor warned the country could see as many as 50,000 new cases a day by mid-October if no additional measures are taken to thwart the virus. America reported nearly 40,000 new cases on Sunday as it approached a cumulative 200,000 deaths. In Spain, 850,000 people in Madrid were told to stay at home as new restrictions came into force on Monday. Global share prices took a hit as expectations rose of new lockdowns in Europe. In America, meanwhile, prospects for a fresh stimulus package before November's election look increasingly dim. The S&P 500 index fell by 1.2%. Oil prices dropped amid fears of decreasing energy demand. As investors sought safety, the dollar rose and the yield on 10-year Treasury bonds fell. The share prices of HSBC and Standard Chartered tumbled to their lowest since the mid-1990s following money laundering allegations. Barclays and Deutsche Banks also fell after leaked suspicious activity reports submitted to America's Treasury but which are not necessarily proof of wrongdoing appeared to show the banks, along with other financial institutions, allowed allegedly dirty money to be transferred around the world for years. Trevor Milton said he would quit as executive chairman of Nikola, the electric lorry startup he founded in 2014. On September 10th, Hindenburg Research, an investment firm, released a report alleging that Nikola is an intricate fraud and claimed the founder made misleading statements. Mr. Milton said he would defend himself against false allegations. Stephen Gursky, formerly of General Motors, will replace him. Britain will end its system of rail franchises in a deal to help train operators through the pandemic. The government will meet revenue shortfalls until 2022 and move towards a model in which operators receive a fixed fee rather than relying on passenger numbers. The current arrangement had been beset by poor service and strikes even before the coronavirus hit. Microsoft agreed to acquire the parent company of Bethesda Softworks, the developer of the Doom and Fallout video games, for $7.5 billion. The acquisition of ZeniMax Media could give Microsoft an advantage in the battle of the games consoles. Its two latest Xbox models go on sale in November, just two days before Sony's PlayStation 5. Botswana wildlife officials say they identified the cause of the deaths of 330 elephants in the country's Okavango Delta between May and June. The elephants ingested toxins produced by cyanobacteria, which can grow in standing water. Such algal blooms normally form on the edges of ponds, whereas elephants often drink from the middle. And editor's note, early editions of Espresso last Friday, September 18th, incorrectly reported the global number of COVID-19 cases. It should have been 30 million, not 300 million. Apologies. And now, here's today's agenda. Rush to Justice, RBG's successor. 
As mourners pay their respects to Ruth Bader Ginsburg this week outside the Supreme Court, President Donald Trump and his advisers are rushing to pick her replacement. The nominee will be announced, says Mr. Trump, on Friday or Saturday. Leading contenders include Amy Coney Barrett and Barbara Lagoa, both deeply conservative and both recently elevated to circuit court judgeships by Mr. Trump. Democrats say Republicans are reneging on the rule they suddenly established in 2016 that if a vacancy arises in an election year, the next president should fill it. Republicans say it's their duty to fill the seat as soon as possible. Both are right. Supreme Court confirmations have occurred many times during election years, but by playing both sides four years apart, Republican tactics are outraging Democrats. Some on the left propose expanding the size of the court in an ideological rebalancing effort should their party win the Oval Office and Senate in November. The Keystone State, Trump and Pennsylvania Donald Trump rallies today near Pittsburgh and on Saturday in Pennsylvania's capital, Harrisburg, which will mark his fourth visit to the state in September. For both him and Joe Biden, Pennsylvania appears the likeliest state to clinch a victory. It has more electoral votes, 20, than Michigan or Wisconsin, the other traditionally Democratic states that Mr. Trump narrowly won in 2016, and Mr. Trump trails Biden by less than five points, compared with nearly eight in Michigan and almost seven in Wisconsin. Mr. Trump believes his law and order campaign will motivate conservative white voters. Mr. Biden's nuanced position on fracking, he opposes new drilling on public lands, may be close enough to a ban to make Pennsylvanians, many of whom rely on it, nervous. Most Pennsylvanians over 25 are white, non-college graduates, Mr. Trump's core demographic. But a recent poll shows the candidates tied among white Pennsylvanians who can surely expect lavished attention from both men between now and November 3rd. In storage, Tesla's battery day. Elon Musk has a habit of springing surprises, so the rumor mill has been grinding at full speed about today's long-trailed event, battery day. The name gives away some of the game. The success of Tesla, whose share price has soared this year, is partly based on the company's relative strength in batteries. Mr. Musk is likely to reveal that this lead could be extended with better technology that will reduce costs and improve performance. He may also announce a massive increase in Tesla's production capacity. That could go some way to convincing skeptics that Mr. Musk's dreams of making 20 million cars a year, compared with 360,000 last year, are not so far-fetched. It would also reassure investors about Tesla's ability to sell batteries to competitors and heighten its advantage in energy storage. This would all be impressive, but not surprising. Everyone will be waiting to see if Mr. Musk has anything else up his sleeve. The Cloud War, Microsoft v. Amazon Amazon reigns supreme in the cloud computing business, holding nearly half the market. But Microsoft has put up a ferocious fight of late. The firm has steadily increased its own market share to nearly a fifth, and last year won a $10 billion contract to help power the systems for America's Department of Defense. Amazon took the matter to court, alleging that Donald Trump's administration unfairly meddled in the process because the president dislikes the company's boss, Jeff Bezos. 
Microsoft and Amazon are now taking their cloud computing tussle to the skies. Today, Microsoft will begin its Ignite conference virtually, showing off its latest technologies. A showpiece will be a service to connect satellites directly to Azure, its cloud platform. Quick satellite-to-ground connections will become more important as the private sector space industry continues to grow. But Microsoft is starting from behind. Amazon unveiled a similar product almost two years ago. Patriot Games – Labour Leaders' Love of Britain Sir Keir Starmer, the leader of Britain's Labour Party, will declare his love for his country today in his first major speech since being elected to the job. The party picked up a reputation for a lack of patriotism under Sir Keir's predecessor Jeremy Corbyn, a lifelong critic of British military action and a pal of Irish Republicans. Sir Keir will urge Britons who abandoned the party in recent elections to take another look at its new leadership and set out education and care for the elderly as two of its priorities. Sir Keir has revived Labour's fortunes since a disastrous election in December 2019 and has pulled level with the Tories in a number of recent polls. The coronavirus pandemic has nixed the party's in-person annual conference, which will let its leader address the nation without any pesky lefty members to voice their frustration at the drift to the centre. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Irving Berlin, who died on this day in 1989. Talent is only the starting point. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.